With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And for the first time in the new year, the Big Hour, brought to you by Hawkeye Title and Settlement, underway on the Todd Brownell Camp Show with Alex Kuhn here on Eastern Iowa's home for ESPN Radio, 1600 AM, 107.5, FM, high school basketball on the docket tonight. Coming up for you at 7.30. You can get the full schedule at kgymradio.com. While you're there, don't forget to vote in the poll question brought to you by Emil's Hideaway. Which of the four NFL wildcard weekend games do you find the most intriguing matchup this week? Lots of support for the Vikings and the Saints so far from our listeners. The Big Hour brought to you by Steve Anderson and his crew at Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City doing fantastic work for over 15 years there on Highway 1 West. Rob Howe of HawkeyeNation.com braving the winter weather to make his way north to the KGYM studios. Roads are okay right now, though, you said. Roads are still good. So far, so good. So far, so good. We'll see how they are in an hour when we finish up. As promised, though, we also have a special guest with us kicking off the 6 o'clock hour. One of the defensive stars of last week's victory in the Holiday Bowl over USC. Sounds still sounds strange to say former Hawkeye defensive back Michael Ojemudia, but Michael, we appreciate you taking the time to join us tonight. And first off, congratulations. Uh, Rob and I were there in San Diego. We know how much you guys had had fun and enjoyed the outcome of that game. It had to uh, feel good to end your career on such a high note. Yeah. Um, honestly, that was really fun. You know, just the trip and uh, just to cap it off with the game and just going off winning like that, all four, four quarter game wins. So I feel like that was our best team win of the year. Yeah, what was that matchup like for you guys where early on you see both offenses going back and forth? They're incredibly talented on the outside and, and have some fantastic receivers, but it's sort of in that second half, uh, some, some game-changing plays, and you really lock things down on defense. Yeah, um, during the game, you know, we gave up some plays, but I feel like when I looked at everybody at the sideline, nobody, you know, wavered confidence, you know. We knew that along the road we're going to get a stop, and, you know, eventually – we calmed down, you know, just started getting things together and got stops and helped the offense, you know, gain the lead and gain separation. Michael, when you look at losing Anthony Nelson off of last year's defense, Amani Hooker, um, you know, you guys, it wouldn't have been, you know, outrageous to think there may have been a drop-off this year, losing two guys that are that good, um, and plus the other starting defensive linemen as well. What when you look at the defense this year, what allowed it to kind of just kind of pick up where the previous defense left off? It, yeah, it definitely is hard, you know, losing guys that are that good. But, um, you know, it starts in the workouts and spring balls, you know, just gaining that chemistry, gaining that camaraderie, you know. Like during camp, that's when, you know, they finalize the starting rosters. But, you know, you really don't get to you know see how you guys are playing with each other until like the first game of the season but um you know we played our best football in November so I just think that along the road 
playing with guys you know, playing with guys you played for a long time, it just helps because, you know, when uh, one guy leaves, you guys can always reload because the coaches are always harping on what we're doing in practice going to show up in the game. So there's no different this year. Michael, 50, uh, 15, 20 years down the road, is there a game that you're going to be looking back on with particularly fond memories, so your individual performance as a Hawkeye? Ooh, individual performances? Yeah. I would probably say, um, you know, you know, there's definitely, you know, I've got a lot of, like, I got a lot of talk for this. You know, I definitely left some plays out there, but I definitely think, you know, with the such big talk around the USC receivers, I feel like I'll look back at that game and I'll just be really proud of how we bounced back and, you know, just played that whole game given our circumstances. And um, I'm really proud of how we showed the country how we can match up versus a Pac-12 team. So, you know, over the course of years, I'm definitely going to remember that game. Rob mentioned the, the the losses that you guys had from last year and, and Anthony Nelson and Monty Hooker were such big parts of the defense. But what about the the injuries that you guys had early on in the season and especially in the secondary how 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 difficult was that to withstand and and still kind of play at the top of your game with with how many guys that you were missing throughout the the beginning of that year this year it is hard and it it's kind of frustrating because you know when some guys like when Matt went down and you know Kayvon went down kind of dudes you were relying on during camp they go down, then somebody else comes in, and, you know, you kind of have to get used to them. So it is frustrating, but, you know, just learning on the fly, knowing that they're prepared is the biggest part. And, you know, kudos to DJ, uh, Jack, and uh, uh, Dane for coming in doing what they did because it, it really isn't easy, you know. Like that Iowa State game on the road, that was such a tough game. But the way DJ bounced back, you know, he's going to look at that game and be really proud of himself in a couple of years. Michael, uh, statistics are so, you know, that a lot of people put a lot of stock in statistics. And A.J. wasn't really getting those early in the season. Um, but you could see his impact, at least if you were watching the games, you could. But people were saying, ah, he's not having that good a year. He's not getting sacks, things like that. Can you speak to what impact a guy like that has when he's the focus of other teams' scouting reports? Yeah, you know. I mean, a lot of people, they don't really see, they only see the stat sheet, but if you watch the tape, you know, he's been having a high motor the whole year. You know, uh, other teams were, you know, setting the line towards him, adding an extra tight end to block him, adding a running back to block him, and that changes their scheme as well. So, you know, it kind of limits some offenses when they try to, you know, key in on AJ. So, you know, I'm really, I'm really glad that I got to play against uh, with somebody of that caliber. You know, he just helped us out the whole year. You know, he bailed a couple of out, he bailed me out USC games. So, I'm just really thankful for him. Michael Ojemudia joining us here, former Hawkeye defensive back, uh, coming off fresh off a victory in the Holiday Bowl over USC. I talked with a couple guys after that game last week in San Diego that said uh, USC was doing a lot of talking. Uh, did you have any any incidents in that game where maybe you were exchanging words with a guy like Pittman? Um, not really. I, that's probably more of their, uh, their defense. Uh, when I was on their sideline uh, during the game, 
there was a couple there was some talk from the sideline but uh Pittman he was a really humble dude and uh he didn't really talk much you know he let his game do the talking but um I could see where the de- their defense was you know hollering all game when I ask former players and 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 guys that, that played for coach Parker to to tell me why the defensive backfield in particular is so able to turn you see guys step on the field and they're productive right away and and you see so much turnover in the defensive backfield yet year after year it seems like you guys are reloading and and not rebuilding how good of a defensive backs coach is Phil Parker cuz we know that's what he played and we know that he's a defensive backs coach by trade yeah um you know over the years, you know, Coach Parker, he he's grown on me. But um, yeah, I like hearing from other guys, you know, in the league and um, from other places. Um, I've heard that just, you know, Coach Parker is just the most knowledgeable out there. And, you know, he tells that to his uh, the dudes he coached every day. So I mean, he's going to be straight with you, you know, and that's the good part about him. Uh, he keeps honest with you. He's honest. He's he's loyal. He's um, you know he, he's he's just a really good coach, and that's why you see DBs just being reloaded every year at Iowa because of his knowledge that he tries to get to every player in the room, and that's why you see DBs in the league maybe playing corner here, but can play other positions because of the knowledge of the game. Michael, what are you most proud of? In your Iowa career, either individually or as a team, I'm just I'm most proud of you know the the journey I went through, and um, you know just being an engineering major and uh, you know being set sometimes you know just the journey I went through to get where I am right now. I'm really my proud of myself for sticking to adversity, and you know just not you know not transferring, not wavering, just you know putting in the work and. You know, just telling myself to be too good to be taken off the field. So that's kind of my – that was my mentality. And I'm just really proud of myself for sticking to it, uh, getting better time management with my classes over the years, you know, just putting in the work in the off season to play better on the field during the season. So what's next for you now that your college football career is in the rearview mirror? You mentioned that engineering degree, but – I imagine you probably have designs on continuing to play football as well. Yeah, I do. You know, I love this game, and I'm going to try to play it for as long as I can. You know, after that, I'm going to definitely have plans to, you know, go back into engineering. But I definitely want to maximize the opportunity I have right now because a lot of people wish they could be in my place. So I'm just going to try to do the best I can. You mentioned former Hawkeyes. uh, Micah Hyde comes to mind where you you see – players playing multiple positions in the NFL, defensive backs, safeties, corners, nickel corners. Can you be that guy? I definitely can be that guy. You know, when I when I came to Iowa, I thought I was going to be playing safety, but Coach Parker seen the length. He saw that I could run a little bit, so uh, he just stuck me there, and then um, I just continued to work over the years. So, you know, whatever a team calls me to be, calls me to do, you know, I'll do it without hesitation, and I'll try to do it to the best of my abilities. Michael, congrats on the invitation to the Senior Bowl. Great opportunity for you to get uh, yourself in front of uh, 
scouts. Uh, you'll probably be at the Combine as well and then the Pro Day. What do you feel like you need to show professional scouts that maybe isn't on film? Because you've put some really good stuff on film. Yeah. Um, on, like at the Senior Bowl, it's going to be a business trip for me, and I just want to show them, you know, that um, my versatility, you know, playing on, off, man, having zone eyes, you know, playing inside, outside, maybe even safety. So, and at the combine, showing that I can run too. So, there's a lot of things I have to prove out there, and I'm definitely not um, not satisfied yet. So, I'm just going to keep working and get better. Michael, who are some of the young guys on the defensive side of the football, maybe some of the freshmen or sophomores that Hawkeye fans may not be acquainted with yet, but guys who really impressed you on the practice squad this year? Yeah, um, I don't want to leave anybody out, but um, definitely uh, Jamari, uh, Dane, you guys already seen him. Sebastian's going to be a good one. Um, who am I leaving out? You guys know Riley, Julius, uh, DJ. You know, I'm not sure who's going to be playing next year, but Coach Parker, uh, he's always going to field the best dudes. So, you know, I hope I didn't leave anybody out, but um, there's definitely some guys that are going to burst onto the scene next year. Michael, um, I remember covering your recruitment, and it got down where Iowa came in late, Indiana came in late. I think you visited both schools. Was it, did it end up being close between those two, or was it? Or I know it's maybe hard to think back at now that you've been in Iowa for five years, but was it close? And, and do you think about how things may have ended up had you not come to Iowa? Um, yeah, I do remember. Um, I had a, I had a, a visit scheduled for Indiana, but as soon as I took my visit to Iowa, I was just blown away by it, and I'm glad um, that I could play here because Coach Parker was the only coach that uh, gave me a chance to play DB. So, really, I'm grateful for that, and you know, the strides I've taken since I came here. It wouldn't have happened at any other college, so I'm really grateful for that. Well, Michael, we appreciate you taking the time to join us tonight, and uh, good luck at the Senior Bowl. We'll be following along with your exploits there, and we'll be uh, wishing you the best of luck in whatever happens with you now down the road. Thank you for having me on the show. Again, former Hawkeye defensive back Michael Ojemudia did a great job last week in San Diego on Michael Pittman Jr., holding him to, what was I believe it was... Five catches, six catches for 68 yards, something like that, as Iowa was able to hold USC's offense in check. Stop me if you've heard this before. Rivals two-star coming out of Farmington, Michigan, Harrison High School uh, offers, I believe he may have even been committed to Eastern Michigan, uh, also had Wyoming, and then uh, Iowa and Indiana came in in January before uh, signing day. He visited Iowa on the 23rd of January before signing day. I've heard this before. <laughs> very intriguing NFL prospect, by the way. I think he's very, very intriguing. Slender build, but uh, has good size for, for a corner and a safety 6-1. Um, good length, I should say, and, and, and can run a little bit. I I think that he, he's another one of those mid, uh, mid-round picks that, that uh, in, in the secondary that'll That'll make an impact in the NFL for sure. He certainly didn't do anything to harm his cause in San Diego. And 
As you mentioned, going to the Senior Bowl, he'll have an opportunity to impress some people uh, who maybe have not seen him in person. And then if he is going to Indianapolis for the Combine, another chance to uh, obviously open some eyes there as well. Always enjoy the recently graduated players who are able to join us after the bowl season. And again, A.J. Epinesa gets much many of the headlines for the defensive performance that he had in Iowa's win over USC, but hard to ignore what Michael was doing out on the field last week as well. Does it feel like it's already been a week, Rob? No, but I was thinking about that as I was driving up here from Iowa City through the snowflakes, thinking, you know, a week ago, Todd and I were walking around the harbor in San Diego uh, looking over at Coronado Island, and it was beautiful. Yeah, I don't even want to know what the weather is there today. It's probably a much wider spread than it was last week when we were there, when it was yes. what, maybe a 10-degree difference. 68 degrees right now, and it feels like 68 in San Diego. That's warmer than it was at at game time. Game time, I think, was in the 50s last week. They said that was one of the coldest holiday bowls in recent memory. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know what, eh, it's not that bad. Pinstripe bowl, orange bowl. We we bring the weather with us <laughs> from the Midwest, that yeah, for, the, from Iowa. Pinstripe Bowl was easily the coldest bowl game, and then uh, that Orange Bowl in 2010 is right. That was not a pleasant experience for a lot of Iowa fans who failed to check the forecast before arriving in Miami and Fort Lauderdale. 319-366-1600, the first federal credit union text line. You can use it to reach out to us here on the southwest side of Cedar Rapids. And speaking of First Federal Credit Union, you can stop by one of their four locations, open a checking account, and get $200. You can get details at firstfedcu.com backslash KGYM. We will take a quick timeout. When we come back, Alex will get you a final big board update, and then we'll turn our attention to, well, Alex wants to play Will they stay or will they go? Okay, I heard that but on the way up here. We're it's kind of anticlimactic, yeah. but... Yeah, well, at least maybe I can get some right this year. <laughs> we'll also turn our attention to the resumption of Big Ten play tomorrow as the Hawkeyes are in Philadelphia at the Palestra to take on Penn State. That's all on the way. The Todd Brummel Camp Show with Alex Kuhn continues after this. It is inevitable at this point. Everybody needs to be on Windows 10. There are a lot of people still running Windows 7 because they don't want to make that change. I very much empathize and understand, and we all do at Network Computer Solutions. That's where we're here to help, to be honest with you and get you through that process to be able to keep your business run effectively. Call NCS at 247-7223. Network Computer Solutions. They're the missing piece to your IT puzzle. Every dang time. You need to call to make an appointment somewhere and you remember right after the place closes. Linder Tire gets it. So now you can make your appointment online at lindertire.com. You can even see your tire options by typing in your license number. Schedule any Linder Tire appointment at lindertire.com. Keep your ride in good shape for the season with everything from oil change to alternator check. And find this month's specials at lindertire.com. Linder Tire in Iowa City, North Liberty, and Grinnell. TCB Pool Hall? It's the real deal. Regulation full-size tables? Check. Ten of them. Cold beer? Check. 26 rotating taps and another 30-plus brews and bottles and cans. $2 domestic bottles? Check. Every day of the week. Nobody fake, nothing filtered. That's the kind of place you want to hang out, right? Check. 
TCB Pool Hall. Hang out, play pool, drink cold beer. The $2 domestic bottles every day kind. At TCB Pool Hall in the heart of the Ped Mall, downtown Iowa City. Enjoy winter sports and winter smart rock on KGYM and Smart FM. Curling and curling up with great smart rock. Ice fishing and catching some smart rock on Smart FM. Speed skating and getting smart rock to your radio fast. Winter sports outdoors and warm smart rock in the lodge. Keep your radio tuned to KGYM and Smart FM. Tune in to KGYM Fridays during the gym class for the announcement of our Athlete of the Week. Proudly brought to you by Sheet Metal Workers Local 263 of Eastern and Central Iowa. 623, and again, if you are recently engaged or planning on getting married in the year 2020, you've got some plans ahead of you. I've been through it. Trust me, it's not always the easiest thing to do. It's not a whole lot of fun, but we can make it a little easier for you. This Sunday, you can join our friends from Z102.9 at the Z102.9 wedding show at the Double Tree in downtown Cedar Rapids. The fashion show is the highlight of the event that gets underway at 3 o'clock. Doors open uh, at noon. It's absolutely free, so stop on by, and the grand prize... For those of you who remain present through the end of the fashion show, a Caribbean trip for two It'll be a nice honeymoon on uh, on us. So stop on in details on our website, kgymradio.com. Alex will have a final big board update for you. As a matter of fact, he does have a final big board update for you right now, brought to you by Alexander Lumber. They're located in Iowa City on 420th Street, just a couple blocks east of the Sinclair Gas Station. Maybe you're starting to think ahead to some spring and summer improvements to the outdoor of your house, including composite decking. Alexander Lumber is your source for all things composite decking and then some. Here's Alex. The Iowa basketball team is getting ready for a top 25 matchup in Philadelphia against Penn State tomorrow. The Nittany Lions and Hawkeyes will tip off at 1 p.m. Central time from the famous Palestra in Philadelphia. As has been well documented, Iowa coach Fran McCaffrey played his home games at the Palestra when he attended Penn Also in Iowa basketball news, Tyler Cook, who had been on a two-way contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers, is now on a one-way standard rookie contract with the Cavaliers that was announced today. An original member of Matt Campbell's coaching staff at Iowa State is leaving the program. Alex Golish, who has been serving as Iowa State's tight ends coach and recruiting coordinator, is going to join Josh Heupel's staff at UCF as their offensive coordinator. The Iowa State women's basketball team will be back on the floor tonight, tipping off the Big 12 portion of their schedule in Lubbock against undefeated Texas Tech. The Cyclones and Red Raiders will get things tipped off at 7 p.m. The Cedar Rapids Rough Riders are back at home this weekend for two games against the Muskegon Lumberjacks. Puck drop both nights is scheduled for 7.05 p.m. at the Cedar Rapids Ice Arena. Mississippi State head coach Joe Moorhead has been fired by the school after just two seasons. Why is this noteworthy? Well, according to friend of the show Adam Rittenberg of ESPN, former Iowa State coach Gene Chizik could be a name to keep an eye out on for that vacancy. Chizik has not coached a game in the at the college level since 2012, or really at any level since 2012. And also, well, uh, former Iowa football player, now San Francisco 49ers star tight end George Kittle was named first team All Pro today. 
you and I and Drake kicking off the women's portion of their MVC season as well tonight at the Knapp Center in Des Moines. And after a quarter, the Bulldogs on top of the Panthers by 11. Rob Howe of HawkeyeNation.com joining us here in the studio. We will get. You want to do basketball first, or do you want to make Alex a very happy camper in 2020 and discuss who's sticking around and who's leaving the Iowa football program? It'll be pretty quick to do yeah, to do can, that segment, and it may be a unanimous yeah. vote here. That's boring. I know. It makes for bad radio. <laughs> okay. Well, you can blame Alaric Jackson and, and Chauncey Golston, who let it right away. I, they, they didn't even put their paperwork in to give us a that little was bit of intrigue. Shocking yeah. to me, especially Jackson. I think he knew that the injury held him back this year, and he wants to be healthy and. We'll see whether Tua Tagovailoa makes the same decision uh, on, uh, is it Sunday? No, Monday, the 6th, he's announcing his decision he's at going. Alabama. He he's should. Going. Go. Why he come should. Back? I'm trying to remember uh, which former quarterback it was who was on TV uh, basically saying, you got to take the money while you can. And even though you're hurt, they're still going to pay you this year. So take the money and run. A.J. Epinesa, Tristan Wirfs. Those guys are gone. Yes. Everybody else is coming back. Are we all in agreement? What about Gino Stone? Gino Stone Stone. Stone is sort of the wild card out there. I think he's... Go ahead, Rob. No, I'm with you. You know, we talked about it off air. He just sounds like a guy in the interviews we've done with him uh, since the end of the season that just feels like he's ready. I, I don't know if the NFL thinks he's ready. But I think he believes he's ready, and I think he's looking at it as, how much can I improve my stock by coming back? He's not going to get bigger. He's probably not really going to get faster. He's probably right if he wants to take his shot now. Yeah, I mean, after the season that he had, you just wonder how how high how much higher can his stock go? He was so good this year. I, I, I think he'll probably be gone as well. I have... I've never been more confident that anybody's leaving than I am with AJ Epinesa. I I don't think it's a, a that well kept uh, of a secret right now that that I he is definitely one of the guys that will be heading to the NFL draft and and uh, Tristan Wirfs those guys those two guys would have to pass up a lot of zeros to come back we, a lot of we, zeros. We talked with Ojemudia about. You know what his what he wants to show at the Senior Bowl and Combine. Tristan Wirfs and AJ Epinesa will be Noah Fantish off the chart yep. testers in these pre-draft workouts. I mean, freakish. Both of those two. Three one nine three six six sixteen hundred. If you would like to share your thoughts on the First Federal Credit Union text line as well. So there you have it. The shortest, most anticlimactic <laughs> edition. I'm in agreement on Geno Stone. I get the same vibe. I think he's just, he didn't have that Amani um, Hooker type season where he, you know, gets a Big Ten award at the end of the year. And But I think you look at Desmond King. Desmond King came back and it didn't really help him in the draft stock. And Desmond's gone on to have a fine NFL career with the Chargers. If you're Geno Stone, what do you got to What do you got to gain by coming back, and what do you have to lose? Reminds it, me a little bit of the Tyler Sass situation. Yep. Same position, 
they are who they are now, and I just don't know if they're going to be able to boost their stock. May get, he rest in peace. Get your money and get it while you can in the NFL. We've seen that and certainly can't fault anybody for feeling that way. Let's talk a little hoops, though, because I think, uh, again, at the beginning of the year, it seems very improbable that we would be previewing a top 25 showdown in Philadelphia at the Palestra tomorrow between Iowa and Penn State. I've, you, se- I've seen... Do you know the last time these two teams were ranked when they played? Did you read that in the notes? No. I'm you Take a stab at it, either one of you guys? Did Jerry Dunn have Penn State in the top 25 at any... I'm going to go like 2000 and 2003. Longer. Longer. Uh... 75. <laughs> now we're just throwing out years. That's what I was going to do. I have no idea. 1997. February 3rd, 1997. That's more on Penn State than it is on Iowa. In Iowa City, number 10 Penn State against number 16 Iowa. Penn State won the game 95-87. to 87. They, Was that Crispin? Or was that, was that a little before that Crispin, before Crispin even? No, that may have been Crispin. I'd have to look that up. But that was right in that area. That was Bruce Parkhill, I believe, in 97. Oh, man. Uh, the years uh, years have not been kind to Penn State basketball. Uh, this is a really intriguing game. I found it interesting that Fran sort of sloughed it off yesterday when he was asked about, you know, how did this game come about? And, well, Pat Pat Chambers asked him, and he said, yeah. They would go play at the Palestra in Philadelphia, which is a 7,500-seat stadium. It's, it's going to give Penn State, I think, the home court advantage that it, it necessarily wouldn't have if they would have played this at the Bryce Jordan Center. That's what I was thinking yesterday, and Fran was asked that, and he kind of dismissed that this would be more of a home court advantage for Penn State. You and I have covered games at the Bryce Jordan Center. It's, it's, a, it's a morgue. It makes it makes Carver Hawkeye Arena look lively a lot of the time. I mean, it's half half filled. The way the acoustics, the way that it's built, the sound just goes out. It's you, Indiana football. It's it's Memorial Stadium in Indiana. Well, if you've I'll been take, there for football, I'll take the one and a half points then. If the, <laughs> this is going to be a one point game like the Hoosiers and the Volunteers, by the way, reports are that the line, the opening line, Penn State will be favored by one and a half points tomorrow. Over the Hawkeyes. So they're expecting, at least the odds makers are, a fairly evenly matched game between these two. And if you look at the, we talk, just to, to touch again on, the, on what type of support Penn State will get, if, if, you, if you've been to Philadelphia and you've been to State College, it is a difficult ride from Philadelphia area up to State College. It's a lot of winding roads, mountainous areas. It's a lot easier for a huge fan base, a huge alumni base in the Philadelphia area to just go over to the Palestra, which is, uh, this may be blasphemous for people around here, but it for college basketball, it's Wrigley Field. It's Fenway Park. The Palestra is that type of, it, you know, it's, it has that type of history. It's bigger than Madison Square Garden, not, not in size, no. but in the scope of what it means to college basketball. Yeah, and you have, I, it would take too long for us to go through the litany of 
uh, you know, names that have gone through that place and, and the games that have been played there and the teams. But this is just a great venue. And I think it's going to be – I was looking at tickets for this game. Like sec- They're in the triple digits. Yeah. Over a hundred bucks on like secondary market for this game for Penn State and Iowa, so that gives you an idea of people that will, you know, take public transportation over to the Palestra as opposed to driving all the way out to State College in the winter. And I think there's a storm coming that that way too, which would make it even even more of uh, you know an attraction to go watch Penn State basketball at the Palestra. But I- it's. And Connor McCaffrey said this yesterday. If you look at these two teams, a lot of the same faces. These guys know each other pretty well. I also found it interesting yesterday that that Fran was waxing poetic about the the Big Five in Philadelphia playing each other every year in the Palestra and thinking about this tiny venue. And I couldn't help but think Iowa sort of had that with you and I and Drake right. and the Nap Center. And Fran hated it and yeah. and was a driving force in doing away with that. And yet here he is getting all wistful talking about LaSalle and Penn and St. Joe's and Temple. And I'm leaving one out. The big one. Villanova. Villanova. So, yeah, I, that's it was funny yesterday. Fran talked when he was talking nostalgia about the palestra. He was talking about how his parents brought him there when he was a kid, he and his brother. And then we got Connor. And Connor dropped a dime on him. He said, yeah, my dad told me he used to sneak in that. He and his friends used to sneak in there without paying for tickets <laughs> <laughs> to watch basketball games. Fran left that part out. Well, if the, if the tickets are going for over 100 bucks tomorrow, there may be some yeah. street urchins in Philadelphia who are trying to make their way in. Rob Howe of HawkeyeNation.com joining us. Uh, a 12-way tie, well, prior to last night, a 12-way tie for second place in the Big Ten, virtually everybody was one and one, with the exception of Northwestern and Michigan State heading into the resumption of conference play. We had a great game in West Lafayette last night, went overtime before the Boilermakers beat Minnesota. Uh, Michigan State cruised past Illinois. Where is Iowa as Big Ten play resumes? I, I mean, this team is, they're shorthanded. Their depth is going to catch up to them at some point. Yeah, and I, in the short preview I wrote today at the site, I think that's something to keep an eye on tomorrow. Penn State, when it's played well under Pat Chambers against Iowa, it's usually allowed to play physically with Iowa, knock Iowa out of its offensive rhythm, flow. I would expect that tomorrow, that Penn State's going to try to do that with Lamar Stevens and Mike Watkins and some of the size that it has inside. Um and that's going to be the challenge for Iowa, not only tomorrow, but as you said, Todd, moving forward. Can it stay? Can Luca Garza continue to stay out of foul trouble? Can they stay healthy? And I asked Fran about yesterday, about this yesterday, managing minutes in practice. Now that you're playing a Big Ten schedule where games are coming at you quick, you have to manage those minutes in practice and in games. It's kind of a jigsaw puzzle a little bit for Fran McCaffrey and for this team to play smart basketball basically with a shortened bench wait are you are you are you talking about load management yes L- load management i i i'm gonna be very interested to see how the depth holds up for sure i that's the biggest question but you've seen the teams in the past with all kinds of depth fade down down the stretch of the season so you, you just wonder 
what this team is going to be able to do night in and night out against in the Big Ten. And to me, the biggest question is, how is the Big Ten going to adjust to Luca Garza? And they've seen him for years now, and they they, they know they they know how good he has become. But there is no question that he's going to be option number one, two, and three on every scouting report uh, around uh, around the Big Ten. And what are they going to throw at him? Are they can they get him in foul trouble, like you said, Rob? Because that if he gets in foul foul trouble, that's when I think you you look at this team and wonder, okay, how are they going to answer? When he does, because we really haven't seen it yet against a, a, an opponent of any substance. No, teams have tried to get him in foul trouble, but he's done a good job he's defensively. I think he's been, I think that's been an underrated part of his improvement this year. It's easy to see it on offense, a little bit harder to see it on defense, but he's been good on that end of the floor. How about Joe Toussaint? What type of role do you see him playing tomorrow in this game? Wheeler is similar to him in that he's not a a th- real threat from from outside in terms of shooting the basketball but he's a quick point guard so it's an interesting matchup it, you know that could go a long way in determining how tomorrow plays out which one of those guys plays in control and is able to get his team into an offensive flow and i thought joe made a nice bounce back from the cincinnati game to the kennesaw state game obviously a huge difference in in quality of opponent there, but it, I don't. I mean, we'd be fooling ourselves if we didn't if we didn't acknowledge that Joe Toussaint's maturity or how he matures this season is going to determine play a huge role in in how this team does. And I also think another guy to kind of keep an eye on is Cordell Pemsel. He's kind of he's a guy that's got experience, and I think he could give them really quality minutes if he can stay healthy. And I think that's really important to have that extra body. We talked about foul trouble to give some of these guys a little bit more rest. Yeah. With Joe Toussaint, that's, that's the point right there. You're going to see the ups and downs and you're just hoping throughout the season that you see a little bit more of a baseline. You see a a little bit more steadiness from him because he is an exciting player, but uh, against some of the better teams this season, they they frustrated him a little bit. That the the start to the Cincinnati game yeah. was was disastrous. But the, the, how does he respond to that? Can he come out now against a really good opponent and be a little bit more in control because they want him to be the starting point guard? He is he has the ability to be the starting starting point guard, but he's he's a freshman. And you think about it, Alex, look at the point guards in this league. He gets Anthony mm-hmm. Cowan twice in January. There's a home-and-home. Home. He's got another matchup with uh, Xavier Simpson coming up in a couple weeks. Those he, are the scariest ones, right? Yeah. The, the veteran guys that have been around the block. Yeah, and oh yeah, the guy from Michigan State's pretty good, too. I oh, mean, yeah, him. There's a lot of really good point guards in this league, and Joe's got to get better quicker and play within himself. And I think getting silly fouls is something that is something he has to keep an eye on. Now he talked with us about that yesterday. He's, he's really working hard at it. He's, he's spending a ton of time in the gym and doing film work. I I don't think it will be from a lack of effort. It's just a matter. It's hard to make guys better quicker. They they have to go through it. 319-366-1600. If you want to join the discussion with Rob Howe of HawkeyeNation.com, you can do so. 
either by picking up the phone and giving us a call or by using the First Federal Credit Union text line, the number again, 366-1600. Let's go ahead and take our final break. And when we return, we'll get some final thoughts on last week's Holiday Bowl matchup and where the Hawkeyes could be headed, at least as a program in 2020 with Rob. Back with more after this. Nobody beats our selection at Menards. Over 230 in-stock fight electric LED bulbs are on sale. These LED reflector bulbs use 85% less energy than standard bulbs and are great indoors or out in recessed track or security lighting. In daylight or warm light, a two-pack is just $6.99. Sale prices are good through Saturday, January 4th. Nobody beats our selection at Menards. Save big money at Menards. Dave is a common name used in a comical way. Please don't write us to tell us you were insulted by this ad. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. This is Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah. Sarah was looking for a job, but wanted to stay local. That's right. First, she built a giant satellite, then launched it into space to send a signal transmitting her resume. This did not lend Sarah a job, but it did start a war with the Zarkon Nebula. I went too far. Yes, Sarah went too far. But you don't have to go too far to go far. Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, HelpWanted.com only posts local jobs, so employers are way more likely to respond to your application and offer you a job. Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, HelpWanted.com. Local jobs that work. Are you looking for senior care for your mom or dad but don't know where to start? Hi, I'm Joan London with The Place for Mom. Nobody knows your parent or loved one better than you, and nobody knows senior living better than the experts at A Place for Mom. It's a free service, and we've helped thousands of families find the right place for their mom or dad. There's a place for answers, A Place for Mom. Call today. Call A Place for Mom at 1-800-375-7751. That's 1-800-375-7751. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Time for an oil change? Then it's time to get to AutoZone. We've got great deals to help you protect your engine and your wallet. Like five quarts of Valvoline Advanced Full Synthetic Motor Oil and an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for just $32.99. And if you need a tool for the job, you can borrow over 100 specialty ones with our free AutoZone loan tool program. Getting the job done just got easier. Visit AutoZone.com to get started. Deposit required. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Today's horoscope brought to you by GEICO. Capricorns, today is a perfect day for romance and fun-filled activities with your partner. And by fun-filled activities, we mean shopping for car insurance. Luckily, you'll find that switching to GEICO could save you hundreds of dollars a year. You'll keep this day of romance going at the hardware store by arguing for half an hour over the color of your backsplash. Love is indeed in the air, Capricorns. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome back in the final eight minutes of the first big hour of 2020. Again, a thank you to Steve Anderson and his staff at Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City on Highway 1 West for bringing you Rob Howe of HawkeyeNation.com and our special guests every Friday. Today we caught up with former Hawkeye defensive back Michael Ojemudia. Big Ten football news before we get back to Hawkeye football discussion again very anticlimactic. First, it was Chase Young at Ohio State, and now Wisconsin has announced that Jonathan Taylor is entering the NFL draft. What's next? AJ Epinesa and Tristan Wirfs? What <laughs> well, is going on here? I would have thought that would have been at about 4.55 tonight if it was going to happen. Uh, but uh, the official announcement will come when it comes. But Jonathan Taylor and Chase Young, uh, arguably the best offensive and defensive players in the Big Ten this year, both headed to the NFL draft and will not be returning to Ohio State 
and Wisconsin. Has, uh, has Dobbins declared for Ohio State? I don't believe so. I got to think he's gone, too. He has to be. If, yeah, you if he has, it's fallen through the cracks, and I've missed it. Lot, Jeff lot. Okuda has. Yeah, I saw that. So, yeah, some good players leaving the league, but that is certainly the trend these days. Well, again, you and I were in San Diego last week. It was a brief uh, trip in. I think you and I both felt that Iowa had a shot at winning that game, and, and both uh, I, pre- I predicted Iowa was going to win. I think you did as well. But I don't think either one of us saw that particular game coming and playing out the way that it did. The question a lot of people have is, can Iowa use that as a springboard into something big in 2020, or is the loss of Nate Stanley, A.J. Epinesa, Tristan Wirfs, and that schedule that's looming, is it going to be too much to overcome? I just don't know how much the bowl game prior to the you know the season that next season in, impacts what's going to happen. It's such a different, you know, you're, you're dealing with a different team. Like you said, in this case, a, a new quarterback. Heck, you look at what Iowa looked god-awful in that tax slayer bowl against Tennessee and then came back the next year and went undefeated in the regular season. So I just, I, it can use it as a springboard. It's better to win than lose that postseason game. And maybe it gives some of the young guys some confidence especially beating a blue blood like that. But I think you guys, I don't know, I'm sure you would agree with me. Iowa needs to figure some things out offensively because I am I think we, we can feel pretty confident about Phil Parker's ability to replace and replenish on the defensive side of the ball. But just from an offensive standpoint, needs to they, they need to be more consistent, and that starts with running the football. It's been a problem the last two years. Can Iowa run the football more consistently, and how does Iowa do that? Does it change up some of these zone-blocking schemes? And we've talked about that on this show. Do they tweak some of – I think the base philosophy will remain the same, but do you just change some – you vary some things that you're doing offensively to make yourself – less predictable. If you look at what Iowa did against Minnesota and USC, use some misdirection, use some reverse, some jet sweep, some things to keep the defense on its heels. I think that's going to be important going into next year is, is these offseason meetings on offense to maybe try to try to bring it into the, <laughs> the century. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to be mean about it, but just – just kind of tweak some things. I'll leave it at that. I we, we chatted yesterday about New Year's resolutions for uh, several Iowa coaches and, and players. Well, we only we only got to one person, and that was Kirk Ferentz. And one of the resolutions was maybe let let Brian do his thing, let him have control of the offense full time, and see what happens because. I think it's it's frustrating for fans to watch the offense and see little wrinkles thrown in there every once in a while of, of possible moving towards, like you said, the 21st century RPOs, pa- uh, power schemes, gap schemes in the running game, just things that aren't Iowa, uh, aren't the, the, the traditional Iowa mold. But then they kind of go back to what they usually do in certain times. They kind of get go back into their shell a little bit against certain teams, namely Penn State, Michigan, and uh, and Wisconsin. I I've said this. I 
there's room for growth. They can they can get to Wisconsin's level, I think, with the the way that they're recruiting offensive playmakers, where they're winning nine or ten games per year, if the offense evolves. evolves exactly. It's, and, and to I don't me, it's that it, simple. I don't think it takes a major overhaul here. It doesn't. Because there are still some really good things that Iowa does offensively that work that you can that you can incorporate in into your scheme that will keep defenses are just too fast and too knowledgeable now for you to run a stretch play and expect for that to consistently work or inside inside zone. You can mix those in with some other things, as you talked about, RPO. Tanner Morgan's not a great running quarterback. He's really good at the RPO, though, and it keeps defenses on its heels, on their heels, I should say. Uh, We will wrap up. By the way, the text line, very agitated that we were not aware that J.K. Dobbins was one of the first players to declare for the draft. We've all kind of been busy here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> over the course of the new year. So uh, that fell through the cracks. And uh, if he were an Iowa player, probably would have been aware of that. But uh, there you have it, another loss for Ryan Day and Ohio State. Not that they suffered too many of them on the field this year. Rob will be back with us again next Friday. We'll be primarily talking hoops with him at that point. But you never know what may pop up from a football standpoint uh, we will let you get out of here, Rob, with the weather uh, being what it is outside. I, hopefully it's not too bad yet. We haven't had people reporting issues with traffic and accidents yet, so I would think that the roads are still in decent enough shape and warm enough that that snow is not sticking to them. So I wish everybody an enjoyable week. It was a strange week here because today certainly didn't feel like a Friday, but we are once again headed into the weekend. Uh, Rough Riders at home tonight. And tomorrow, taking on Muskegon if you're looking for something to do. Hawkeyes playing at the Palestra in Philadelphia tomorrow. That is a noon tip-off. Iowa looking at a uh, looking to be an underdog of about a point and a half at this point, although I have not seen any official lines on the game. And that will do us if, uh, if you missed anything today on the program, including a preview of NFL Wild Card Weekend with Howard Balzer at 4.30. Love it or leave it in the 5 o'clock hour or the big hour here with Rob and Michael Ojemudia. We'll have the podcast available shortly for you at KGYMRadio.com. Don't forget, you can still vote in our poll question. We'll leave it up until kickoff tomorrow. Which of the four NFL wildcard games do you find to be the most intriguing matchup this weekend? Poll question brought to you by Emil's Hideaway on 1st Avenue Southeast behind Taco John's and next to the Home Depot. A big thank you to Zach on the other side of the glass, a relatively quiet and uneventful night. They're not always this fun here at KGYM. Stick around. High school basketball on the way tonight at 7.30. And now another edition of Obvious News from GEICO. Obvious News! Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I 